0: Welcome to a Podcast on Fire on The Bodyguard and Police Story 2013. In this episode we're looking at recent slash somewhat recent efforts from giant innovators of Hong Kong cinema, now in their elder years. Sammo Hung returns to the directing chair for the first time in nearly 20 years to divide his time between drama and action and Jackie Chan extends the Police Story film series into Police Story 2013. That's a simple intro for you. those are the movies, and with me to discuss them, there's no Island Time Crapping Hour, but i still uh, like to have him on board, it's EasternFilmFans.co.uk's head honcho, Phil G, so say hi buddy, and um, Team Samo, Team Jackie, no I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm always Team Jackie, you know that. Hey, I was I was at his 60th birthday party, so I'm always going to be Team Jackie, let's face it.
0: Oh, was that for the 60th? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, oh. the
1: man's a legend, so uh, yeah, always Team Jackie, uh, forevermore, and to be fair, Team Samo, you know, I was brought up on those films, Sammo, Jackie, Yumbyu. So, um, yeah, I'm always team Team them. Um, they haven't probably been as consistent over the years as they were back in the uh, the 80s. Yeah, but let's see. Let's see on these two titles. Let's see. It's been an uh, interesting viewing. I think uh, you're more
0: rational than some fans might be because you just simply can't anymore compare. They're not as good as they were in the 1980s, so guess mm. what? Eighteen, ninety, oh, thirty 90, 30 years ago. I mean, they're not going to hurt themselves as much for our pleasure anymore.
1: No, exactly. And and that's where I guess that seeing them over the years and evolving with them, I understand them better. I suppose if you've come into it and you saw a Jackie Chan film that was, you know, you've just been brought into that genre and you haven't grown up with them, you expect them to still be doing that kind of thing now. Same with Sammo Hong. And when they're not, you still want that. Because obviously that's that's where their peak, but they can't do that anymore. So give them a vehicle that can show off their talents. Exactly, it's about adjusting too. Exactly, absolutely, yeah. For the for the viewer as well as for them, you know, they're both in their sixties now. They're not going to be able to do the things that they they could do. They need the vehicles to support them in the things that they can do and show what they can still do and be clever in doing that. So does Samo is he clever enough to put that age thing and give the action films what they want and same with Jackie Blacked, can can they bring that across these are interesting films for both of these people because in their later years they built both action they're not builders action movies dramas shall we say but there's action within there do they still hold up yeah, these are the questions we're about to answer very well accomplished segue into our first review but
0: we'll do some brief contact information first and then we'll review the bodyguard or aka my beloved bodyguard that might have been a title elsewhere or a working title but the version i have is simply the bodyguard but uh First of all, this is Podcast on Fire on the Podcast on Fire network. We are located on podcastonfire.com. We have this show on Hong Kong Cinema, New and Old, and a variety of others covering Japanese cinema, Korean cinema, sleazy Cinema, Ninja Cinema. And we also post bonus episodes every now and again on the website exclusively for it. If you have any questions or feedback, uh, share some thoughts about uh, Jackie and Sam, why don't you over at Podcast on Fire at com? Also join us for sort of the same same sound thoughts i suppose over on social media uh, we have handy buttons at the top of our website that will lead you to our facebook page and uh, while you're there leave a like uh, search out the discussion group it's called podcast on fire network and join the discussion and show updates over there Click the button to uh, reach our Twitter and click the button to reach our iTunes feed as well if you want to subscribe to us. And uh, while you're there, leave a star rating or even a written comment about uh, any show or the entire network. And finally, you can stream us on Stitcher Radio either through their website or applications that are available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. So you can stream the entire network on the go and i write about a variety of hong kong and taiwanese genre movies uh, mostly old some new over at sogoodreviews.com uh, with, with a tint of sleaze, sleaze and ninja over there as well and i also post uh, video reviews over at com and my twitter handle is at so good reviews and that leads us to
1: Phil. Uh, what
0: is easternvillefans.co.uk and What's what's uh, what's going on here at the end of twenty uh, sixteen?
1: Well, you know, you know me. I, I'm always uh, into promoting things. So at the moment, I'm uh, literally promoting. There's a double bill cafe and ch- chop fest guy down in uh, Pim Shui in, in London is trying to open up a unit above his cafe place. They have like a, it's all kung fu orientated. If anybody's been down to London, they need to check it out. But what he wants to do is open up another arena. There's like a, a 700 square foot unit where he wants to put on a big projector screen and, and do kind of film festivals or people can show films and invite people around and stuff. So he's got a fundraising thing going on for that. It'll probably be done and dusted by the time this comes out. But check the web page anyway and, and check how he's getting on and go down there and support, etc. But... Um, that's a big thing. Be a great place to go, uh, see movies on the on the big screen, or just you know get a group of friends together and go down to London, have a few beers, and and watch some kung fu movies. So that's great. And also, I've updated the site and stuff for the love of podcasts. I now have a little tab that says podcasts on,
0: with emphasis on a little tab a because little tab. you can't it's love it that much. Like a little tab will do.
1: It's little, but it's the same as all the other tabs and the news and the home. And the, and the interviews and the links and the contacts—it's on there. It's—it's it's a big tab with the other big tabs. Ken, there you go. And um, I'm going back. Well, I'm not going back right from the start, but as our Alan Tam or crapping away, it's, it's nearing the finish somewhat soon, shall we say? I'm going back in time and um am putting all those links on the website now. So and the ones that aren't Alan Tam, but I've gone back to Podcast on Fire One Eight Nine, The Last Blood, and pantheos Hero, mm-hmm. where we kind of started. Um, and it'll go all the way up till we finish. And then I'll carry on putting our podcasts that we're involved in on there as well. So you can get the link on Eastern Film Fans as well. Thank you very
0: much. That's very kind of you. I'll never even occurred to me to ask. Uh, so that says something about you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, you know. Yeah, that's, that's what friends are for. Oh, you're a sweetheart, my friend. Okay, let's uh, do a promo break. And after that, we'll return to the uh, review. The Bodyguard Samuel's The Bodyguard from 2016. Hey, let me quiz you really quickly and see if you're tuned into Samuel like don't don't look at the Hong Kong movie database. What what was the what was the movie prior to this that Samuel directed? I said it's been almost 20 years. Do you remember the last movie Samuel directed prior to The Bodyguard? Once Upon a Time in China America? Almost. Mr. Nice Guy, actually. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Oh, nice well, Guy yeah. was the year after, actually.
1: Yeah, I see. I got I put that down and I had got Mr. Nice Guy. I don't know whether I put it in my notes. No, I probably didn't.
0: Because I think uh, once upon a time in China and America is '96, and uh, Mister Nice Guy was '97. But uh, I I almost guessed that too uh, mm. before I did my read. Oh yeah, I did Mister Nice Guy. I'm a big fan of Mister Nice Guy, so it wasn't like it was a sour memory or anything. It's all it's all good. But uh, yep, there we are. He's back in the directing chair, and after a promo break, we'll uh, discuss the bodyguard. So sit tight, and we'll be back. <laughs>
1: Smithy, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future.
0: Wait a minute. What are you doing, Trev?
1: I need fuel. <laughs> Go ahead, quick. Get in the car. Oh no 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 no! I just got a new copy of the Evil Dead. I'm watching that tonight. We'll bring it along. It concerns that too. Wait, 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 wait. What happens to us in the future? No 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 no. B- both you and your Evil Dead collection turn out fine. As your kid Smith, something's gotta be done about our kids. They team up and do their own movie podcast. They hate Evil Dead and Back to the Future. We'll have to show them how a funny and informative podcast is really done. Well Trev, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to eighty-eight eight. Roads? Where we're going we don't need roads. <laughs> Some movies movieside UK. Available every Sunday by iTunes, Stitcher and all good podcast outlets. Your jacket is not dry.
0: And welcome back. And our review of the bodyguard is to follow. And but first of all, plot from the Love HK film review of the film. When we're introduced to retired Chinese army officer Ding, played by Samahong Hong, we learn that years ago his granddaughter disappeared on his watch. She was tragically never found, and in the ensuing years, Ding and his own daughter have become estranged. Ding now lives in the northern Chinatown of uh, Suichen where his daily bouts with dementia take their toll. He's still got a community around him, um, including uh, him receiving the overbearing admiration of his landlady, Mrs. Park, played by Li Qinqin. Uh, ding is friends with Cherry, the young daughter of uh, neighbor Li Sheng Ju, played by Andelao. And Cherry drops by uninvited when uh, Li is not around, which is often because Li is a deadbeat gambler who owes a large sum to gangster Choi Dong Hen, played by Feng Jia Yi. Choi gives uh, Lee and the last character a chance to make good on his death by stealing a bag of jewels from Russian gangsters, but Lee gives into to temptation and tries to keep the bag for himself, leading Choi to send men to the neighborhood to threaten his girl Cherry his daughter Cherry. Naturally, Sam Hong Sting is there to protect her with his PLS martial arts skills which he does a total of twice. <laughs> it's a little sn- snarky Love HK film thing, but it's actually, it's actually a point. It's, it's not wall-to-wall action, it's uh, he does it twice. But when he does it, does he do it effectively? Well, we're here to answer that uh, in, in terms of our opinion. So, first of all, Phil, a short opinion of the bodyguard, please.
1: Those people that walk into this film thinking Samuel Hong, um, massive action picture, will be sorely disappointed and um, I think on the trial and the promos that came out prior to this and people were following, they were expecting that because of the cast that were associated with it. I'm sure we'll come on to that. If you go into this with a different mindset and looking for a Samuel Hong film that is about the drama, then you won't be disappointed Uh, and this is where the Heart of the Dragon emerges. Mm. Oh, well done, well
0: done. (laughs) (laughs) I I sort of agree. It's a couple of movies and moods in one, which Mm. is sort of problematic, but main two moods being a gangster movie and the other being a pleasingly low-key drama about an unlikely friendship. The former, of a gangster movie doesn't break any new grounds and sometimes doesn't break through at all, but in the drama portion, Sammo uses a welcome, low-key, underplayed nature, which, we know, we could do. And although it might be somewhat distant at times for drama, the this section proves the big man still got it dramatically. And uh, I look forward to the day he makes a full drama again. Uh, uh, oh, and the bone breaking is pretty cool. <laughs> so there it, is. Yeah. There, there it is, because there there is a lot eventually. You know, a big, big, big sequence towards the end. It opens sort of mysteriously. We he, we sort of gets dropped into a life of Samohong's ding. You know, in uh, montage form almost. He is uh, at one point. Going to identify the our villain uh, in a police lineup, uh, and he doesn't, which is either him fearful of his life and therefore he doesn't want to get involved, or as the voiceover says, it's because of the dimen- uh, dementia. And it's kind of a surprise to us, Phil, that because we we didn't know beforehand necessarily that uh, that was the sort of thing that's hovering over the character, but but it's a hell of a conclusion by. Someone on the voiceover, which you know eventually who it is, but initially I didn't get at all who was talking and talking and talking and talking and just dumping exposition on us. She does so for about half an hour um half a movie maybe, uh, and I thought it was problematic because at some points she doesn't shut up when scenes are clearly made anyway but uh, any thoughts on that um that uh, voiceover that takes up part of the film?
1: I can see you've got a book bear about it. It wasn't... I
0: mean, voiceover is such a fucking... It rarely is done right. And you have to... Yeah. I always come back to Goodfellas. But what Goodfellas does is it establishes who who it is. You know, uh, you, you get the opening uh, scene that happens later in the story. And the brutality and all of that. And Ray Liotta shuts the, uh, the car door or whatever. And freeze frame... All my life, I wanted to be a gangster. And you know who it is. Yeah. You know who it is who's telling the story. I'm not sure Sam will establish who it is that's going blah, 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 blah. Here, to be honest. so I, 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 I It stopped eventually, though.
1: Here's the thing with what we discussed about. You either know about this movie and you go into it with one mindset or you don't know about it and you see all the trailers, the posters and the, all the people that are in it and going with another mindset. So if you go into it with the first um, mindset, and you don't know anything about it, and you've just watched the trailers, et cetera, and stuff. You've got an opening scene where, obviously, it's it's military style, it's dark and brooding, you've got gangsters, and then, you know, it flips to, you know, Samo Hong all of a sudden seeing this, obviously, dementia. It goes from a dark and brooding and all of a sudden pulls your way into this. Well, actually, he's got dementia and he can't. And it's more wispy kind of feel. And you go in, hold on a second. I thought there was this was going to be something else. Mm-hmm. But it makes more sense when you understand what the story is about and you go into it with an open mind. The voiceover doesn't... It didn't really detract from the story for me. I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's in the back of my head. I'm just watching the film. So it didn't bother me as much. You're right. I don't think they really established who's telling that. As such, does it really need to be, like you say? Not really. I can
0: buy it for the initial sections, but for a while, when Sammo meets Sherry for the first time, the the, the person is still telling us what's going on despite hey like they didn't make a silent movie we know what's going yeah, on here so shut going. up
1: yeah exactly
0: but but he's playful with uh, the exposition dumps which is nice to see Samo sort of being stylish I suppose I'm not yeah. sure like the crayon style animation telling his backstory fits with the movie but I appreciate that Sammo it's trying something he's really never done before, uh, uh, avoiding standard exposition dumps and telling it in, cra- it, you know, it's CG, but it's like crayon drawings by a kid.
1: <laughs> Which is clever, and I like it, and it brings the simplicity to it, and it works for the movie. I think, I, and you write something different, and and, and why not, and, and break it. And I yeah, I did, it, I did enjoy it, I have to say. a uh, voiceover, for me, didn't I didn't take much notice. And and it's all a classic setup, by
0: the way, because uh, you—it's uh, a redemption story. It's gonna be because he lost one, and now later in the story, there's gonna be a chance to actually save one. You know, so it, it's classic in that regard. But that's not boring cliches or anything, because you have Sammo anchoring this with a quiet dignity. You know, he's looking at himself in the mirror in very very shots and. He's not doing much. In fact, there's barely any dialogue from the man uh, other than a one-word grunt here and there. <laughs> but I thought that was so so reassuring that um, he, allows... he was allowed by the company who supports this commercial venture, but uh, that he still chose to play things uh, in a very low-key way. Because as I always say, it's not like pretentious people will only get this. I, I always believe that if you're, if you're good in control of your story, underplaying will translate 100%. And will be, I think, more appreciated rather than, um, you know, extreme melodrama. Uh, which uh, Hong Kong cinema is prone to sort of uh, lean on. Because it's uh, that is definitely understood because it's in your face. But I like uh, that Samo opted for a, a low-key... Uh, thing because there's never really any like, <laughs> like melodrama and stuff like that and I, I I appreciated that a lot I didn't expect it really because I also went in knowing that I think it's billed as an action movie I've heard it's not and that's all I sort of knew and or I wanted to know so I went in sort of uh, cold like, like, like it is stylish but uh, do you think uh, Sam will it in like uh, a very extremely stylish way or is it more natural and low key his direction if you just think of like the village life uh, that he lives
1: yeah it's simplistic I like the fact that you know, he does this, the same shots of him walking down the streets. The same, it's a, you know, a small village. The same people are there. Yes, we know there's guest stars in it. You know, they're there, and he does those same shots of him, kind of a daily routine, what happens and stuff. And that's what it should be because that's what the film is. It's, it's simplistic. It's a restrained performance, and it's a restrained. It's and it's shot that way, and it's directed that way, and I think it works really well for the for the film and the and the storyline. The way it is, you know, it doesn't have to be. Um, bold and brash, and, and jump out and sweeping choreography. It needed to be this restrained, much like Samo's own performance. The directing is the same way I feel in that, I and mean, it suits this really well.
0: I I very, I very much agree because we're dealing with mostly old people here, so so you can't like stop and um, do super slow motion and like turn the screen into. Like this stylish sort of Tony Scott exercise, you know, uh, which is not not a bad thing. I, I love Tony Scott, but uh, it's what's called for here. And, uh, and he definitely knows that. I mean, as affecting as I think the drama is, I mean, middle of the road is not a slight on the movie, but I think it sort of lands on that. So no outstanding drama sort of uh, seems to loom and no outstanding drama follows but it's engaging enough i mean if i would rate it it's like a, like a three out of five rating or whatever because, because there is some problems with how he switches moods uh, i i think a couple of times it uh, just goes for it a little bit hard and that unfortunately applies to the supporting role of uh, mrs park the landlady lee chin chin who is she's nice and she knocks on his door and offers him food and all of that but it's Ruined a little bit by running too long, and her quirky nature is a bit too much to me personally. The deal with the character is very sound. Her dedication to him and helping me out, how, out and being kind, but she's, she's uh, a little bit kooky for my taste, and and that's not a slight on the actress. I I just think that's uh, that's the storytelling and the script sort of uh, taking that character a bit too far.
1: I know where I know where you're coming from, I and mean, yeah, it is slightly and she's slightly annoying that way, but. If she wasn't that kooky and played it more somber and straight, would it would it have dulled the film slightly? And not overall. I don't think
0: I was looking for um, some somber. I was looking for to reel it in a little bit, like cut cut two minutes out of the quirky.
1: And you're right. I'm very much like you know. I just I don't I don't like the the kookiness that much anyway. You know. I'm, 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 so it does, but I just think perhaps I maybe will agree to disagree. It just elevates the film a little bit out of the, the kind of the somber moments. I think if you hold it back too much, then you wouldn't have those not uplifting moments, but they're quirky moments within the film that, you know, just help it along a little bit more. If it played it a little less, I think it would have been a little, it would have dipped slightly more for me. The film.
0: It was not too much by much. It's one of those like,
1: If you could have reeled
0: it in ever so slightly. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I am a fan of Breaking Mood in older Hong Kong cinema. I'm not sure it uh, sort of, for me, fits in. Well, this is more of a mainland movie, granted, but I'm not sure it fits in 2016 necessarily. I did have a good laugh. Uh, the voiceover continues a little bit when establishing Andy Lau's character, and I did have a good laugh. Uh, like whoever it is who's talking, 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 talks about that uh, he's a gambler, he owes a lot of money, and he's a low life. Except he has good hair, but he's a loser. <laughs> yeah. And I thought like, okay, that was pretty funny, but I I'm not sure like are you drama comedy or what are you? But so but but I thought like that's true. That's absolutely true, because he looks great. He's not this uh, unshaven uh, uh, deadbeat or anything. He looks, uh, you know, uh, he's Andy Lau, obviously, so he looks his best, even for this role. Well, of
1: course, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a few quips in there. I think um, there was a reference to um, that she doesn't look like uh, Angela Baby anymore. Now she looks like Angela Vanti or something. There's a couple of quips that I like, oh, stuff okay. I don't know about. I hear the name Angela
0: baby. I I don't think I've even seen a movie with uh, with her.
1: You're missing out a treat there.
0: Good, good, good actress or I mean I mean I'm asking fairly here. I I, I literally don't know.
1: I think that was my uh, British sarcasm coming out slightly there.
0: Well if you if you're going with Angela baby in in, in your professional acting career which I assume is actors younger actress uh, you know is pursuing then I'm not sure if uh, you you're ha- you're gonna stick with that like uh, do 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 what the rock did and, like change to your actual name instead if if you're pursuing acting but that's just my opinion i i like i like Andy, though. I, I it's a role reversal to a degree i mean he's played you know tried rascals and good good guys and all of that but i i think it's a nice role reversal because yes he looks you know astonishing it is a role reversal because he's uh, he's just bad on all fronts and you know that character's ...not on his way to win big at the gambling tables... ...gonna leave the gambling tables and then be a perfect father... ...you just know that uh, his priority is not his daughter... ...and his daughter is sort of independent. And uh, that's why she's running around, doing her thing... Uh, ...climbing into Samo's house in life. Mm-hmm. and life. Uh, and th- that's obviously where the core comes in. And I think that core works well. I don't know if it's something you notice, ...but he is not energetic because he's old but his, the dementia might make him feel like he doesn't want to struggle with words, so he doesn't want to say much of anything. But she comes into his life like a whirlwind, because she's energetic, she's young, he's like, hey, what's going on? Like, hey, what are you doing? I I like that dynamic, that she, her energy versus his energy, it fits um, very well, and obviously they, they get on, there's never any, like, get out of my house, little brat or anything. Like, he is uh, receptive to what she's doing and they get on, they eat and they fish and uh, it's, all, it's all it's all, good. Like It's simple cinema that just, it, it could almost be, just shoot it like almost imagine it's a documentary and it's good enough for cinema because I, I enjoy them getting on, simply getting on. You know, you didn't need to you could do that for 30 minutes and I think they're good enough together where you can just have them getting on uh, for 30 minutes and do a variety of stuff uh, that's the beating heart of the movie that needs to work. And I think it does actually.
1: Yeah. And you're right. It is a beating heart of the movie because that, that what gels are, the beginning and the end together and stuff is that piece. And if that didn't work, then you just blight towards the end. Well, pff, I don't really care. So it has to work. And you're right. They do gel really well. Cause you've got someone with his restrained performance and then she comes into his life and then you've got that en- energy about it and stuff. And it works really well together, you know, and the, they, there's little, Bits that carry on throughout the movie and stuff, and then the flashbacks are later on. But yeah, it works. It works really well. So that's yeah, definitely a plus.
0: And there's some low, lovely low key uh, things that he does because uh, he his uh, protective gear kicks in uh, because she she arrives earlier in the movie with uh, with uh, cuts on her forehead, right? And they haven't been really tended to. So while she's sleeping, he tends to that. You know, puts on iodine on it or whatever and puts band-aids on the, those cuts and I it sounds simple just point the camera to that thing and do that thing but I I find power within that a very valuable power within that thankfully by then the voiceover is sort of gone so the voiceover didn't need to if the voiceover had gone like oh, I, I liked when he put a Band-Aid on me. <laughs> like, no, shut <laughs> up, shut <laughs> up. I mean, let, let let the sort of visuals do their yeah, thing. Yeah, I let mean, the story but, tell itself. But, 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 but thankfully it wasn't that way. Yeah. But uh, those touches are very good, and it shows that Samo, you know, he's been around movie business, but has certainly been behind the scenes for the last 20 years, uh, as he's been for 40 years or whatever. So, But, but I, I like that uh, these are still his directorial sort of instincts to do this, rather than like, how do you direct again? Do you direct melodramatic like loud? I think so. Okay, let's do that. No, but he, he's got pr- proper instincts uh, and uh, the, the challenge is to merge this with uh, looming violence and a gangster aura. That's where the movie sort of becomes standard for me though because I, I didn't really... I like Andy though as the desperate one yeah. you know, flee, fleeing from the gangsters and his predicament but I don't think Otherwise, there's some there. There's any outstanding sort of uh, danger here. I mean, it's sort of classic cliché. Try it heavy. I wasn't necessarily
1: scared of uh, the the Choi Dong hen character
0: the thing Jai Yi plays.
1: Uh. And 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 is it that because Sammo and Andy Lau play that well, it kind of elevates it. If you put anybody else in those role, would it be as good in just a a run in the mill and everybody blending together? When you sort of got Andy Lau and Sammo Hung, if you're gonna have a you know, somebody that's going to play a villain, they're going to have to bloody well be a darn good actor to keep up with those two in the first place. Because, and Summer plays it so well in this film. I mean, let's face it, we're talking about now, we've not even talked about um, action, and only because there are only two scenes in it, but we're talking about... Samo's acting ability in this and Andy Laird and the character in the small role that he's got and how good both of them are so for anybody else you know supporting actors they are literally supporting in this because you, they're not going to stand out as much so yeah you would need a a very big character to come along and, and maybe that detracts from the performances of you know Samo and, 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 and Andy in this but uh, yeah.
0: I didn't think it was bad, but it was sort of... I've seen this gangster character before, so I didn't feel it was yeah. uh, any outstanding. N- not not bad, but sort of like, okay, it's middle of the road too, and uh, I, I can get through it, but... Uh... You know it works better in our second movie that we're uh, watching this week. Yeah, uh, there, there the, uh there's a little bit more nuance, a little bit more threat to our bad guy in uh, in uh, Police Story 2013. It's a short movie, but it also takes its time to gradually develop and merge the two plots. And I actually find found that very um, that slower pace uh, very compelling. Um, these two movies in one is not a bad thing because it's sort of it's it's gonna merge into the correct mood. Yeah. For, for this particular movie, but but so, as I said, some comedic asides, it's not what I was sort of looking for, and, uh, and and therefore, when they do merge, eventually, when we get action scene one, i.e. we're 50% done with the action by this point, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it fits, because Sammo isn't playing who he played in the 80s, he's playing this character whose uh, skills as a Chinese army officer are real and certainly not uh, dormant anymore, uh, They they kick in, and I don't know. Uh, try and set up, Phil. Is he doing a lot of kung fu or is he more doing some close combat uh, to a point sort of uh, beatdowns of uh, people? Because it is a different style we're looking at
1: here. Right? It's very much uh, Wing Chun based, which is close quarters. It's very, That's the the, the stance he's using, which you, you can tell that kind of style of kung fu and anybody who knows it and practiced it. Will recognise it on the screen as well, and, it, and it's that's the basis of it. And his close quarters, the kicking is never kind of above the waist; it's you know down and hand. It's all hand movements, and it's very clever in what he's done from an action point of view. because, you like to say, he's you know he's old now, and he's you know he's catching up with time, and he, and he portrays that in the fighting style that he does in this action scene, um, which is clever because you think he's going to bust out, but he isn't. It's 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 refined. It's clever the way he's done it and he fits with his character perfectly mm-hmm. because, you know, and Wing Chun as a style, and I'm not saying it is purely Wing Chun, so please don't don't run in and slam out, but it's based upon that. It's very close quarters. Older people would do that style anyway. It fits that You know, it isn't a taekwondo or something, you know, you're leaping around. It is something that's very restrained and, you know, close quarters kind of combat and it suits the character really well. Yeah.
0: It's almost like he is maintaining uh, his position all throughout this action scene. He just lets the bad guy come to him and he disarms them. You know, there's a lot of like wrist breaking and bone breaking and all of that stuff. And I very much agree that he has tailored it to himself and the character. And therefore, you don't need to double a lot because this is what Samo can do and it uh, totally makes sense. It was very, it adds I think to his overall like decade long versatility that this movie gives us this glimpse it's not like hey remember 1985 i'm doing it i'm still doing it like no uh, thankfully it didn't. and thankfully he didn't and i'm not that's not a slight towards anyone i'm just uh using uh, using an, an no, exactly. Example. and you
1: could have done it could then all of a sudden break out you know into 1985 should we? Look, like i've got up? tennis rackets look at me remember my God, how many times did they double Samo hung in this scene? Um, yeah, probably quite often. If he had, but no, like I say, they can use Samo, he can use him and his strength and stuff, and still portray and still come across as a as a good action scene, just doing it his way and his style. And it, like I say, it fits hand in glove with the the character he's portraying. So
0: it verges on ever so slightly being cut too quickly, but it it all it avoids that neatly when all is said and done, uh, and. And I was afraid he was going to, when the fighting started, rely on that step printing, that artificial slow motion. But thankfully, he only does that sort of in build-ups mm. towards action, because I never liked the look of that Step printing, that fussy slow motion. Um, you see it in like the likes of the brightwood White Hair. There's a lot of stuff in that. I love the brightwood White Hair, but yeah, those yeah, sections, yeah. Uh, they they look too artificial versus you know actual slow motion. And, and obviously, uh, one cow I used it for arty purposes, and it's just dizzying and fussy and uh, and uh, stuff like that. Um, but 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 yeah. So as uh, so I was looking. Oh, so I mean, don't don't. Oh, thankfully he didn't. Okay. So it's like hey 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 don't do, do, don't don't you don't you dare. <laughs> like I'm a, I'm an engaged viewer, feel right? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. So yeah, he comes. Like out, I he get comes... really stoned and start shouting at the screen. Like,
0: don't <laughs> don't. Yes, he did it.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah. So apparently after the fight scene, he he comes out um looking like uh, Kung Fu Panda, I believe they say.
0: Yeah, I like that that again that Samo knew very well still how to play the acting game and he doesn't play the commercial way through and through where some young you know buck of a producer is telling him how to do it. And it's therefore the focus it remains on the drama. It's kind of heartbreaking how his memory goes, but it's also heartbreaking what memories still linger because he remembers the worst parts of his life, where yeah. he, uh, but, but that, therefore the instincts that kick in are the ones that he needs to make up for that in some shape or form and uh, with the because Cherry's in peril by the by the latter half of the movie let's just say without spoiling anything Uh, as samuel plays it those are genuinely haunting memories uh, and it's what makes him laser focused and that's what his redemption is about and it's not easy to make a redemption story felt like that because it's it's been done but you have someone who's still got acting instincts up there you know we track back to when he floored us with painted faces and eight mm-hmm. tails of gold which was pure drama with different filmmakers mind you and now his his own filmmaker it's it's very assuring and uh, it made me very inspired and happy to see that he's uh, choosing this i mean he even has a scene and it's sort of classic cliche drama too where, like he's has a scene on the phone where he calls his daughter and says okay. that he's sorry mm-hmm. and it's so close it's super sincere, and all Samu does in terms of cinema is a slow push in on his face. This We're not going to interrupt your moment, Samu. We're not going to interrupt your moment, big brother, right? Just let the camera linger on him, and it's going to be as affecting in 2016 as it might have been in 1985 or whatever. You, you know, Heart of the Dragon still had sound dramatic instincts, too, and uh, I love that that's... Um, that's uh, still there, and uh, it's certainly what I take away from from the movie, and uh, that uh, works when all is said and done, when merged with uh, the action and the peril, which is uh, what the big action scene too eventually is gonna gonna be about. I mean, we won't uh, uh, go into the beats of it all, other than the second action scene is pretty damn big. Yes, it's uh, pretty pretty damn long as well, and um, it's. Uh, very pleasing because he extends what you just described with the uh, Wing Chun hints in the fighting style. You know, he keeps in one position and the suitable choreography for his age. Um, th- there are two corny things here. <laughs> I didn't particularly like when he went, when we saw like the bone breaking and then we saw the x-ray. Uh, the X-ray of the bone-breaking akin to street fight. Uh, it, it doesn't last for long, but I'm, ah, too, too too silly for me. And his fight versus the knife expert with the hair in his face and all of that. I thought that was a bit too comic booky for this movie. It seems like s- s- such an exaggerated character that was in the sort of gangster stable uh, of uh, choice. Uh, but still, it's a f- the focus is on a lot of on violence and bone and bone breaking and. It's uh, th- There's nothing really to complain about. I think technically and uh, as a concept, this big uh, end-action scene, It's his uh, work building up to it is coming to fruition. And it's cool to see so- how certain opponents are dispatched. Uh, yeah, yeah, so th- there's really no complaining. I-, I don't sometimes have high hopes for how 2016 action is shot because not a lot of people know how to shoot stable action because they opt to not do it because they think that's boring old stuff. D- this hits... The balance—it it threatens to be too quickly edited, as I said. But overall, it actually isn't. It just pulls back before it goes dangerously, sort of confusing. And I felt uh, very pleased because you care enough to an enough extent about the drama in the background. You know, time is running out in a so uh, thematically and uh, physically in the movie. You know, someone's mind is going, so there is the stress of uh, him actually trying to salvage <laughs> the situation. He can't move very fast. And his time is
1: running out, you know. His uh, brain is, uh, his
0: memories are leaving him, and that merges into so- solid drama stuff, man.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and you're right. Coming back to the, the phone call, the poignant phone call, and um, that one um, shot take is kind of, you know, when he's saying sorry, etc. And that's the build up that you know something's going to happen afterwards, and it. And he goes off for the for the bad guys and stuff. And this is this is the the big action scene, as you say. This is Samahong, snap, crackle, and pop.
0: <laughs> yes, Actually,
1: as I like to call it, yes, folks. Now crackle and pop, yes, baby. Um, I, I'm the same. I wasn't too keen on the X-ray thing. Didn't need to be there and stuff. It's just, it's just a joy to watch. It really is, and it's so clever because again, he's acting within the action scenes. Because as time as the fight scene draws on and stuff, Samo starts to get out of breath. The camera focus on his face and he's panting, and and you're with him. You're with him on the journey, going. Is he going to last the fight? Is it going to last? Because he goes through all these guys, and then there's another set of Russian mob come in, and you're like, and he's panting away, and you think, oh my God, is he going to make it towards it? There's all of it. it's kind of a cliffhanger on the fight scene. So you, you, you're engrossed in the action sequence again, and he's frantic, and it's, you know, snapping the bones, and it's he, going at it. And also, you're engaged from the acting point of view, because you're thinking, is he going to actually last till the end of the scene? Because you know he's looking like he's getting tired. Is, is he going to make it through these guys? And the the shots of him like just there and everybody laying around and you've probably seen it from the trailer anyway. But you know it's it's tremendous. It's 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 a great great action scene. And you know that's what Samo does. That's how to direct an action scene. You know, take note, film producers. All these quick shot edits and stuff where you don't see the action. You know, Samo nails it, and this absolutely nails it. If you're an action fan, you're not too fussed on the drama. Just watch the film anyway for the emotional to get to this point and watch this action scene because it is just a masterpiece, in my opinion, of cinema. And you don't see action scenes like this very often in modern-day films, but he absolutely nails it, absolutely nails it.
0: For a 2016 thing, it's it's uh, above and beyond uh, anything we could have expected. Obviously, it's not on par, but we, we're off uh, with old stuff. But we're not going to compare with old stuff. No. We we're going we, to see. We're going to confirm to ourselves that we got to confirm to ourselves that self di- that this is what Samo in his sixties action cinema feels like, and it feels pretty good. Does he need to do more? Uh, I wouldn't mind if he uh, did more. I would like to see him direct a full drama. Mm. and because that, that 90 minutes of that whole stuff that would be wonderful <laughs> and uh, you know and make a Hong Kong movie too like you, you don't need to be in the mainland to do a drama necessarily but uh, uh, the the mainland touches are the the things you have to adhere to when you make a movie in the mainland they're there and they're not disruptive because uh, the whole like bad guys can't get away and therefore you have a little code out to the movie where the bad guys don't get away You, you I mean they, that's not a spoiler for any mainland movie if you have villains uh, that kill police or whatever police die that's okay for some reason but no one can ever get away and uh you know you have a uh, Cole. uh what was the johnny the Tome, Tome drug war that even puts a uh, conclusion to one of the bad guys characters in the trailer just to make sure we did it it's gonna happen in the movie you know, he's gonna pay his dues so it, it's the mainland uh, thing but otherwise i don't think it felt like uh Uh, desperately uh, sort of uh, adjusting it to mainland sensibilities it's set there it's set on the border to russia as well that's why we have uh, russian uh, gangsters as uh, phil alluded to so it's uh, it's northern china as uh, the plot alluded to we said that it's not a throwback But we got throwback cameos, if you will.
1: Man, do we have throwback cameos.
0: (laughs) I like they gave... We're going to say who they are, obviously. I like they allowed the production and Sambo to give these guys, even if they're just in the movie for a minute, their own poster and their own place on the gathered poster. (laughs) Because the Cinema City Boys drops in for humorous observations. In this case, the Cinema City Boys are a couple of old farts in the form of Dean Scheck in a wheelchair, his character has no legs, and uh, you got Karl Macca, who faces go places, and you have Troy Hawk sitting there, all looking very old and making humorous observations about uh, what goes on uh, as things pass them, you know, they're not there to be uh, you know, killed or threatened by the bad guys, they're sort of there to just hang out. And is it pointless? No, does it mean much for the movie? It doesn't mean much, but I love seeing it. The cinema the oh, it's, look at them. And Karl Mack and Dean Scheck haven't been on screen in a decade or two in, in movies because they, they sort of just dropped out of movies for a variety of reasons. I think uh, Dean Shek was for health reasons back in, in the early 90s. But uh, still, they they have fun with it, and Dean Shek picks his nose on camera. So he, that's how far he's matured <laughs> 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 through the years. And you also get a cameo by Jim uh, Biu in two scenes, and uh Hwa pops by for five seconds as a mailman. <laughs> so that's, uh, I don't know, that, that, that was fun. It, it, the movie didn't stray into an inappropriate mood because, I don't know, I'm unbiased, I guess, because I like these guys, I like the Cinema City boys and the cameos, so I, I found that pleasing, personally. So, so what did you think of uh, of the cameo game that they played here? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, like I say, I enjoyed it. Again, if you've got the preconception, you've seen all the trailers and the posters, and you know, you see Yum on one, you're like, Oh my god, that's great, Yum Bio's back and and then he's like, Oh my god, he's just he's just literally two tiny little scenes. You know, the the characters and them playing the old men on the bench and stuff works really well because we discussed about, you know, Samahong in this little village and he's he's got his routine and he walks up and he goes past them every day. And and it's part of that story, they're part of the, the character and part of the setup and part of the surroundings and stuff. So I think those three work really well. I mean, Yumbio's like, you could just, those are just throwaway scenes, and the same with there's obviously, Eddie Peng at the end, because we talked about getting the villains. Just after the uh, totals finish, stay tuned, because there's a couple more scenes. Eddie Peng gets a couple of villains that, do you thought they got away? No, no, Eddie Peng's there to get them. It's like, Those are the
0: mainland scenes, if you will, so they, they gotta be there.
1: Yeah, there's another one, there's another cameo there. So it works well when you understand the movie. When when you don't, you go into it with a preconception, you're going to be um, like I say, sorely disappointed. But I think the characters and then playing the old man on the bench works really well. No, it's not a drive for the story, but they sit in the background and it's part of Samo's journey and it's part of that story. So that works quite well, I felt.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, um, it's it's hard to criticize that. I uh, mean, and I'm glad they all showed up. Even like, like even Junoir. Just to deliver the mail, like yes, your mail that yeah. is <laughs> <And he's> gone. <laughs> I'd argue like it, it's a like like you and you at least gets the, the, you know the second scene is a little bit story related as um, as they play back the 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 digital tape recorder and obviously that's uh, we won't spoil that but uh, it's not like he says you know come in sir and uh, sit down and then goodbye. <laughs> so it's, it, it is ever so slightly purposeful, but uh, yeah, they're on the post about their in, in, in dashing suits and all of that shit, but. Uh, I I think that was just the production letting uh, the old men you should respect have a little bit of uh, fun with it, yeah. and, and if you dislike that poster choice, then f- fine, then, then then that's that. I mean, if if it sells another movie to you through those posters, fine. I I, I don't blame you, but I was uh, quite delighted. So, uh, any other notes, my friend? Because I've run out of them.
1: No, no, I just think um, my beloved bodyguard was a better fitting title than the bodyguard. I'd say so because, goddamn, is it too
0: generic to somewhat f- to s- to find? Th- thank God this wasn't like t- uh, entitled friend, <laughs> something <laughs> yeah. like oh, oh. great, <laughs> try and find out on Amazon.
1: <laughs> yeah, true.
0: Uh, I-, I don't know if uh, like the the US print that I watched had only that title. I don't know if any release. Print had my beloved bodyguard on it, or if it stayed on the promotional material. There. So, so let us know if you if you know if uh, Asian versions actually were called that on the prints. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. But uh, as for availability, then it is uh, available globally. Released on DVD and Blu-ray in Hong Kong, uh, latter is Region A only. You also have further Region A distribution in America by WellGo on Blu-ray. You can also rent that uh, Wellgo print on iTunes, uh, so there's uh, choices out there for you. No UK release as of yet. I did a typey-typey uh, type search on Amazon, and it seems like it hasn't reached the UK yet, but it's action-friendly enough, so distribution was sort of always a guarantee, and hopefully... UK will get in on that uh, in on that action eventually. Have you heard anything, any rumblings about anyone picking it up for UK? No,
1: no. Uh, we've um, since our loss of uh, Hong Kong legends and Cine Asia as such, we've uh, we're well behind the states now. With the Well Go, obviously they have capture everything and distribute on the uh, the other side of the pond. Bless them. Uh, we're the, we're now the lesser man; it's the other way around, which is a shame. Um, but don't fear not, if I do win the lottery, you can make your damn sure. That I'll be releasing a label and releasing classics such as this on it. That's a promise. That's a pledge. <laughs> promise. I promise you.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Because um, 88 Films are they, they have started releasing Hong Kong movies, but they they're, they're focusing on uh, Shaw Brothers horror currently. So and and 88 Films do you know they do a variety of uh, titles. You know Italian. You know Italian titles, uh, exploitation titles and stuff. But but yeah, it's uh, there's no more, like dedicated uh, releasing. New movies like constantly in the UK nowadays. It seems. Uh, I mean, Police Story two two thousand and thirteen has a release in the UK as we as we'll talk of briefly. But uh, I-, I don't know if those uh, that kale- Kaleidoscope Entertainment if they're. They do Asian films at all, really. Uh, so, um, but they they did new uh, Police Story Lockdown or 2013 on on DVD and blue So, uh, there's always that. We'll, we'll we'll get to that and repeat that info. But let's uh, uh, take a musical breakdown and uh, listen to uh, something from uh, Police Story 2013, aka Police Story Lockdown. And uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, I think we we'll have some discussions about uh, the title of the movie uh, after after a break uh, so uh, sit tight and uh, we'll be back to discuss uh, Jack Chan's uh, starring vehicle police story 2013 And welcome back. And the second review of this episode is of Police Story 2013 from 1995. No, I'm just kidding. It's 2013 as well. It's not. It's not a future a future movie. Or anything. It's Police Story 2013, aka in the US anyway, Police Story Lockdown, which is not a bad title actually. It's not Shaolin Lockdown or Ninja Lockdown or anything like that. It's uh, Lockdown. Yeah, they're they're pretty much locked down in this movie. And uh, what does what does that all mean? Well. Let's do a plot from the Love HK film review of the film. The film starts slowly introducing XPLA soldier and now cop Song Wen, played by Jackie Chan, as he arrives at Wu Bar, an industrial factory-turned nightclub that reuses large metal vats and extensive piping as uh, decoration, but adds new touches like submarine hatches and stuff. There's a lot of talking in the first 20 minutes as Xiong Wen meets up with his rebellious daughter Miao, played by Jing Tian, and her boyfriend, the bar's owner oh no, Wu Jiang, played by Liu Ye. And uh, an actor who's been in, uh, well, I, I really liked him in the mainland drama Postman in the Mountains. But he, he's been at it, so he's a very solid uh, solid uh, actor and uh, all of that. I don't know if he's done huge commercial stuff as such, uh, but it's just my viewing habit has meant I've watched some of his more smaller movies in the mainland. Anyway, he plays the bad guy. Their conversations reveal Chong Wen and Miao's estrangement, uh, father and daughter, as well as Chong Wen's... Uh, Preference for police work over family time. Meanwhile, he senses bad vibes in Wu Bar, a suspicion that proves correct when masked thugs take the patrons hostage. It's not a surprise, to the audience anyway, this is still a plot, but Wu Jiang is behind the hostage crisis in his own establishment. The co- big question, why? And I, I didn't know this was going to be a very contained movie, Phil. I, I went in with nothing. And I liked that. I always, When I first saw the posters and... Jackie was like a little bit bloodied and bruised. Oh, yeah, it looks like a grittier movie, and I liked the past prior movie, director and actor. So, I I always had a um, sort of like, yeah, yeah, that might be good. But I didn't know anything of the plot, and you you know feel we're so like we we get like blasted with uh, info and plot whether whether we like it or not. Hmm. So it's nice when you can keep out of it though, and just go in with absolutely nothing. So so I was expecting like uh, a big movie. Essentially one location. <laughs> so, But is it any good or not? Well, I'll do my plot. There. Uh, uh, quick opinion, first of all. It plays less like an event picture, but has the depth of an accessible one. And I don't mind that balance, especially when Jackie Chan mostly sheds what makes up Jackie Chan. You know, his cinematic image. This is not Kung Fu Jackie Chan, necessarily. It's actor Jackie Chan. And I like that balance much better. So all solid all solid stuff in short what do you think of that uh, new police oh, uuh, pol- <laughs> oh no 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 not no, no, new police story like, uh, m- 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 police story 2013 the newest police story that is so what do you think of it
1: i, I loved it I-, I loved uh again the simplicity of it funnily enough we just reviewed a film like that you write set in one location isn't this big blockbuster? all of a sudden this contained drama about a cop and issues and personal story and and life and and it's great that jackie gets again to show off that kind of skills that he's got in his locker and for a man of his age again we've talked about you know is it going to be this full-blooded police story no this is a a small story that works really well and you know i really enjoyed it as um as part of the series no, I enjoyed the film. I mean, it's a hostage thriller. I mean,
0: no no two ways about it. That means it is going to be contained. And uh, I was wondering, did you see... Um, Because it's directed by Ding Sheng. Mm. And he directed one of my favourite Jackie Chan movies of
1: uh, the last six or seven years. Uh, Little, Big Little Big Soldier. Did you like that? Yes. I love Ding Sheng. He just... Every time, Ding Sheng, since Little Big Soldier, and he brought Jackie out of... Well, I wouldn't say... I mean, Little Big Soldier was, was a great movie that obviously he directed, but... You know, prior to that, I think he hadn't done something that was kind of drama esque since obviously um, the Sinjuku incident around that time. And then he brought out a little big shot, and I thought everything that thing Shane now does, I think I want to see. I want to see him direct that, and specifically, I want to see Jackie Chan in a film because he brings Jackie Chan out so well in these films, and he's about to again with uh, Railroad Tigers, I believe, um, which he's, uh, which he's done. So again, I'm looking forward to it, and he brings something different. To the table for Jackie Chan and they seem to work really well together and this is this is one of those that works really well as a vehicle for for Jackie Chan.
0: Yeah, he seems to enjoy uh Lou Ye as well. He hasn't done all movies with uh, him ever. but Little Big Soldier was this um, you know, the perception looking at it, another costume epic, but you it's one of those you have to sit down because it I'm like it sounds corny, but screw that. It's more Midnight Run than anything else, right? It's a buddy thing and it's a, there's a lot of fun back and forth and Jackie Chan throws rocks. That's the extent of his action. <laughs> he, throws, <laughs> he throws rocks at people. And it, and it has underplayed drama as well. I thought Little Big Soldier really brought in, brought some fresh material to the table in terms of what a Jackie Chan movie feels like. And it's, um, it's, I, I, I really was inspired by and had a lot of confidence in the pairing going into this one. And, and certainly, uh, Ding Sheng also did, um, uh movie called uh, Saving Mr. Wu with Andy Lau, which is supposed to be really good as
1: well. It is. Yeah, I've seen it. I haven't actually done a review for the site, which is strange. But yeah, again, great, contained story. And it's a uh, very clever ding-set and uh, Andy Lau, obviously, in that one. Plays it brilliantly. Yeah, definitely worth uh, uh, worth the looks.
0: There's obviously nothing happy-go-lucky here, considering Jackie Chan seemingly blows his brains out frame one. It's like a, something clearly at the end of the story. So... There is confidence there, and the more I, I I'm gotta hammer this point home not because you have to believe it yourself, but because I believe it, the more Jackie can go for for acting and not for light-hearted commercialism I'll sit up and be more interested. I normally do. His movie with Johnny oxville not a shed of interest to in watching that, because I'm, I've am i I've seen these light sort of buddy things, and I mean it's me judging the movie, but I had no interest in that. But I have more interest when there's Something else going on, and it doesn't need to be serious acting, but something else going on. But I know why he's doing it. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, the box office. Uh, the box office is there in China, especially for the lighter stuff. Don't know how Police Story twenty thirteen fared. I hope it fared really well, to be honest, because uh, I would love to know if uh, the audience responded to this. And uh, it's sort of compelling and chaotic from the beginning as well, because Jackie's is entering this uh, Wu bar and. It's sort of confusing, and Ding Shang corresponds to that in terms of how he asks his cinematographer to shoot it, because there's ever so slightly like a floaty handheld camera, there's Christmas decorations, there's lots of colors and parting, and clearly Jackie is out of his element there, but it's not quick-cut chaos film, a lazy, the lazy choice. It's sort of like, it's an environment with a certain amount of unease, and... Uh, that's enough curiosity because you also wonder: is he there? Because he's on an operation of some kind? Is he undercover? You don't know, and I thank God I didn't know because I I was delighted when it turned out to be the hostage thriller. Like, oh, that's an angle I didn't expect. <laughs> Call me curious, you know?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of points here. There's really really good points. The opening scene obviously starts off with the banks shall we say, and and that that grabs your attention. You're like, okay, I want to know what happens. What, what, what has happened? Why, why has that just happened? So that grabs you right from the start. Then you're thrown into this kind of anniversary party and stuff in this club. And, and for me, I'm going, okay, it's an anniversary party. There's not a lot of people there considering no, it's a super empty. party. There's not a lot of people there, which pans out, you find out later on why there's not a lot of people there, specifically. for the beginning, Going, if I would turned up to this party, I would have walked out as well, because this ain't no party. No, 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 no. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I cry out better standards. Yeah. Thank you very much. If I'm going to a party, I want lots of people there. There isn't lots of people there. So it's intriguing that, okay, there's not as many people there as you think for a party. But then it, it, it starts to develop from there, shall we say. But yes, it's intriguing. But you, you want to know more just directly from the opening scene, really.
0: And as much of a slam-bang open it is in terms of when we see him shoot himself or seemingly shoot himself, it's still a movie that takes its time because it's a talky movie. And I think that is assuring because I don't mind seeing those developments. We see Jackie meet his daughter and the, the back and forth with his daughter, his rebellious daughter... It feels fairly sincere and even real. It's just an unfiltered sort of back and forth between them. Not not, uh, cursy, but uh, this very, um, you know, they wear their emotions on their sleeve. And it could have gone into melodrama, but I certainly credit everyone involved for keeping it reeled in because Jackie. You know, he feels shame for a variety of reasons. You know, he, he's uh, burdened with guilt. Because uh, we, we know fairly early on uh, Mother has passed away. So, but I'm, I'm not going to spoil uh, all the details why. Jackie, compared to the fucking New Police stories now working with a director that realizes that it's okay and even more emotional, in my opinion, if you reel in melodrama, right? Because he's just standing there. Yes. You can see he's a little glassy-eyed. It's just my personal preference. I think it's so much better, and it actually translates very well to a general audience. I think, Uh, because um, not everybody just turns on the tears just because there's emotions in the air. Like it builds up on in your. That's why seeing him glossy eyed. Is so effective and uh, and real too, because uh, Jackie can go those places as, as an actor. We know he's a great actor, so it's not manipulative filmmaking. Is my uh, is my uh, thing. I go on and on and all about that, but uh, like I've never really asked you, like, w- w- what's your true preference? Do you like drama to be full on, or do you like it to be a little bit reeled in and uh, you can uh, it can be gradual, gradual as as this is. I mean, it does like a you know, it's uh, Emotional outbursts. This is lacking emotional outbursts, but it is emotional at the same time. I like that balance. Does that get to you?
1: You've got to, yeah, you've got to have the right director to to portray that and get that across to the audience. And this is where Ding Shen works really well. And he gets that across with that restrained performance. And then coming back to, I think we say, we all know Jackie Chan's a great actor. I don't think everybody appreciates what a good actor Jackie Chan is. I I think they, they always expect him you know, these comedies and this and that. And then you, you throw something like, you know, we've had the conversations before on the forms and out there in your crime story and stuff and throw it out there. And all of a sudden it's like, what's this? Jackie Chan is acting? What, what's all this? Damn right. Jackie Chan is a damn fine actor. And Ding Cheng and you get a director like this that can bring that out and show that emotion and portray that kind of melodrama. And he can, he can play it really well because he is a fine actor. Let, well, it might be said and people, you can tell me he isn't, but I'll show you this film. And it just proves what a good actor Jackie Chan is. And in later years, we're given the right projects and stuff. You know, he deserves that honorary Oscar for a start off. I mean, you know. Oh,
0: yeah, he's getting that one. You're right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt for all the films he's done. But this just proves what a great actor, you know, he is. And even there are... Very few action scenes in this. And I know Ding Shin, for a fact, um, and he stated somewhere that he put those in afterwards. There wasn't going to be any action scenes at all in this. It was going to be completely straight. Jackie Chan was going to play it. So there was a few, you know, bits in because it kind of fits with the character and he wanted to do that. But he did that after. I think Jackie Chan agreed to do this and there wasn't any action at all. So he'd already signed up to do this, you know, drama as such, this, you know, police story drama rather than anything else. But, yeah, I mean... It works really well in this film.
0: I, I I hope that when they when they put together the reel and stuff uh, before they give him the, the Oscar that they sort of hint that, that he can do anything and not just put together a reel of. Uh, You know, his great Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, silent movie style action. You know, I I hope they realize somewhere that, oh, yeah, he's a good actor too. I mean, you have easier referenced stuff in the West in the form of the Karate Kid, so people know he can act. Yeah. Like, Like, I wasn't wild about the Karate Kid, but I was really, I liked his performance a lot because here he was doing what he's been saying for ages that he wants to do. I want to be like Robert De Niro and uh, you know he wants (laughs) to be an actor he wants to do romantic things and uh, I don't know if uh, he is you know, he's playing the commercial game. He 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 does yeah. like light fare, and he knows what the audience is like. But I wonder sometimes what he truly feels if uh, he wants to add more projects like this in a row, rather than like mm. because he works a lot. Like he has like twelve movies ready to go. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, we, we'll we'll get maybe back into that. It it, it is an intriguing structure because uh, he's not a superhero or anything. Like he he's knocked out earlier, you know, by Louis's character and that, that whole confusing state uh, and uh, you know he's scarred already because he's got you know cuts on his face and now he's fucked already (laughs) you know (laughs) early in the movie like nothing is going well he's so and Lou Yi as as an actor and uh, certainly a bad guy I I like this better than for instance the bodyguard because there's a very controlled nature to him a very controlled performance where whenever the sort of psychotic side comes out it feels a little bit more dangerous um, and, and it's unfair to compare to the bodyguard. i just stating that I like this performance a lot. He, he is menacing doing very little. He's uh, still fairly young looking but he, he has that glare in his eye that's uh, quite effective and uh, you know we, we're we gonna get the whole reason why they're all present and what the story is and uh Everybody has a variation of what happened, including him, and uh, that's going to all come together. But you know, he meshes up well against Jackie Chan because what mostly their scenes are about are one-on-ones. You know, a lot of talking back and forth and uh, attempts at manipulating the situation with Jackie, obviously trying to get out from the chair that he's strapped to those uh, uh, those metal metal chains that he has around his uh, wrists and what have you. And all that stuff—it's not like David Mammoth dialogue or fucking Aaron Sorkin dialogue here, but their one-on-ones I think are very good because uh, both of them are trying to outplay the other, and I think both of them are also seeing what the other is doing to some degree. Like they know what kind of card they're playing right now. So, and and that's enjoyable and not something I expected from the movie. I I, I expected it to come with a little bit little bit more slam bang. Police story, motherfucker. Here it's a, it's welcome. It's entirely welcome. I absolutely, I enjoy that surprise. Um, absolutely. So um, and and it's a long movie that I think it earns that because interest doesn't fade. I think it earns. I was sort of intimidated by one hundred and ten minutes to be honest, but despite the talky movie, I think it earns it because the developments are plentiful. You know, it's not done by half an hour. The half an hour point.
1: You know, it goes to prove like we talked about. You know, the acting, the lot of one-on-one scene. You don't feel like. Well, I certainly don't feel like it sags anywhere in the the storytelling. I don't think. Or oh, you could you could you could cut that talky scene out because now everything is like I say, it's a game of chess between the two of them. They're playing off against each other. It's cleverly done, and and that's where the the action is in those scenes where they're playing off, and that that's what's what's clever and is obviously story driven but he, he plays the, the the villain really well you as you said i uh i enjoyed i would that performance
0: it also sets up the fact that jackie isn't uh, a kung fu fighting guy right mm. he has to use his wits rather than fists to be very you know, blunt about it and very, sounds corny i guess but uh, i i do enjoy that sort of uh, balance uh, to the character. I mean, choreography enters the fray but it stays true to what kind of genre they're making and the kind of feel because there's a flashback to Jackie Chan chasing someone and he picks up a shovel and he has to avoid being hit by the shovel. And that's small burst of action. It's in tune with the movie, definitely. And uh, you don't have to do 20 minutes of this to actually get the grade of oh, that was good, that was skilled. You can do 30 seconds of that stuff. It can be classic, you know what I mean? Because... If you feel it, like oh my god, he almost got hit by the shovel, and that guy looks powerful. It's it's all good. You can have thirty seconds of that uh, rather than indulging yourself for twenty minutes, hoping they'll they'll, they'll approve them. Those action bursts. I'm sure that was in the movie um, originally because it, it's not a fight scene. Yeah, no, yeah. no. In between all of this, it's yes, it's a big star thriller, but it somehow has its own voice despite making commercial cinema. It doesn't feel like it's tailoring itself after some other movie or feel of some other movie. It's it feels like very much its its own. And and that by and I was getting to by the way, I was getting sidetracked. That small piece of action after Jackie has gotten out of the chair and he knocks out the big guy. Also an example for me of five-second impactful choreography that works with the character. Because he's not there to do a stance against him and then boom, 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 boom. No, he just needs to knock him out. He's a big guy, but he needs to knock him out and he does does that quick. And I'm, I'm, I'm fairly impressed by that. For some reason, Jackie isn't listed as one of the action directors, but I'm sure he actually, uh, you know, headed this department quite distinctly because he always does.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they made it grand. Now. I think they've they made a not a big deal, but obviously, they they put like kind of the MMA, the mixed martial arts aspect to it and stuff, and you know, a bit more grounding and real and to the fight scene and stuff, which worked quite well. And chill, kind of like grit and determination to it, which was, um, which was clever
0: for bits of it. I guess that that's where I felt initially towards the end. I, I was, I, I got the whole why he needed to do it as a character, you know, yeah. because life's on the line, but to me, it still felt like someone was desperate to get a little bit of Jackie Chan in there rather than just Jackie Chan, the actor. So I wasn't... It, it felt a little forced to me. It, it's, a, it's a good scene. skilled technically, and choreography is all fine, but it's where I tuned out a little bit. Like I, like it, It's where I thought, like, I, I'm going to nip off to the loo, I think now. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I, I felt like I, I didn't sign up for that movie,
1: actually. And you're right. And you're right, and absolutely. And it, it wasn't, I guess, that was the scene that Ding Shen was on about wasn't in the original script because they put that action scene in afterwards. So I guess they would say, well, this Jack and Chan movie, how many action scenes have you got? None. And they go, well, how <laughs> many does Samo have? Oh, well, well, that was later, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly. You know, it blends in. I know where you're coming from. I liked it. Um, it's always good to see JC bust out some stuff, but I know for this movie, could for, for what it is, you could have got away with not having that action scene in. But are we going to come to it? We're going to come to it sooner or later. But if you're going to call it a police story, you're going to have to have an action scene in and Jackie doing some action. It's as simple as that. Well, well it is a police story already.
0: <laughs> it only it doesn't have... <laughs> it's so generic, that name. It's not police action story. <laughs>
1: I've got my I've got my thoughts about it. Calling it police story, we'll
0: get to that. Uh, we, we, we're 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 actually scheduled a, a little bit of discussion on the title. You know, it's all it's all intriguing, a uh, fairly good tension throughout uh, throughout the movie, and uh, pace is well controlled as piece by piece unfolds about certain key events in the past that connects all of these characters that uh, make up the sparse. Party goers, you know, it's always con- continue to be delightful to me that out of the two movies I've watched with uh, Jackie Chan, directed by Ding Sheng, that he is allowed to work Jackie the actor. There must be, as you alluded to, some some very like poignant creative trust there, and uh, I hope that's going to develop even more. I mean, if if I saw the trailer for Railroad Tigers, but I've forgotten what the tone was. What what did it seem like? Uh, more comedy or more serious?
1: Yeah looking at uh, Railway Targets I think it looks a bit more comedic which is going to be interesting for Ding Ding Sheng just to see how he how he does that because a lot of his films that obviously he's done has been more dramatic. So we'll see. I'm not quite sure. You never can tell with the trailer how it's going to pan out. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. But uh, again, looking forward to that. Yeah. So
0: if, if if Jackie, among all those projects he has announced, uh, because it seems like there's so many of them and, uh, and, and bless him for being able to work, of course. But I, I hope that there's going to be a mix of, you know, some more dramatic, maybe dark affair, whether it has action or not, you know, I I don't know if w- what China is more welcoming towards. As I said, I don't have the box office numbers for this. If they are more welcome towards something like um, it's not what was the Johnny Knoxville movie called? It, it wasn't Skip Trace. That was the Dolph Tony Jaa movie. So what was the Jackie Johnny Knoxville movie called that I wasn't interested in? Skip <laughs> like, Trace. What's yeah, it trace. Was Skip Trace? Yeah. Interest. Yeah. Maybe. May, yeah. I was thinking like uh, because there was a Dolph Tony Jaa movie called something something, but. Uh,
1: uh yeah that was skin trade
0: skin trade thank you very much like uh all men like me we can't keep track of track of these <laughs> things so um, i'm hoping there's going to be a little bit more mixture because the shinjuku incident uh, you know same year as little big soldier showed it wasn't an action movie at all it had some other problems mind you you know the second half when daniel Wu turns into the joker like okay what happened here <laughs> but jackie was excellent in it i thought uh, they totally shared his action persona. I'm I'm of course impressed when he does so and that he performs action. But I'm not interested anymore because he's a legend already. He's done it. He's done it. So I'm I'm hoping that the balance between upcoming projects is going to be a little more, bit more favored towards this stuff. Because I have no problem shedding thoughts of oh, Jackie Chan, the goofy action legend versus Jackie Chan and the hostage thriller. Not at all. I'm completely immersed when he's doing all of that because he can and he's been able to do it for decades. You know, that skill has not n- recently emerged.
1: I know, I, absolutely. And I, can, and I think, I think it will be peppered with the productions he's got coming up. Um, I think the interesting one will be out of all of them. And is more the straight lace one is based upon the, the book, uh, the Chinaman, which is the foreigner that's coming out that Martin Campbell's directing, which is, um, based on, um, uh, the IOA, um, kill his family. Um, that'll be obviously, it won't be a, a comedic one, and if anybody's read the book, it'd be interesting to see how he portrays it on the screen. On the screen, and it's not um, obviously, you know, it's kind of a Hollywood big production one rather than a Chinese production. But um, that one, I think, has potential to be the standout film if you are looking for that kind of drama that Jackie Chan can do in that acting. This will be that film, the Foreigner. So look out for that one.
0: S- some ever so slight negatives about the action. Uh, I think the final. Um... The, the train track fight is urging uh, just as bodyguard a little bit towards too quickly edited but it's 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 effective as Jackie and uh, Louis, uh, Louis clash there because it, it works with the story and you're engaged at that point uh, so uh, and and there's also some slight computer generated blood that always is a distraction for me it it only occurs like once or twice saying what the bodyguard only occurs once or twice so thankfully they didn't pepper it with, with that stuff because that's that's eject kind of territory for me like, mm. i can't stand it man but, but but thankfully they didn't rely on it or anything i mean uh, merely on already pre-existing you know bloody wounds uh, like, like even that uh jackie has that like, like that bloodshot eye for the latter half of the movie that looked really like ooh, he is beat he is beat up you know so uh to be honest i could have done without the outtakes <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i know what you're saying there wasn't a lot there I know he had to do that scene when he's tied to the chairman stuff and he just had to get out of it. I've got to do it. I've got it he didn't have to, but that would that was like his big stunt. I was like, Ooh, that's a bit of a come down, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, my wrist is all red. Whey. It's not quite the Jackie time we used to breaking boats. and you know. Um, so yeah, you probably could have done with that.
0: Yeah, I know it's tradition, and I like obviously I, I didn't sit there and like uh, you know scowl, but reserve it for the movie that's sort of where it fits to go out go out on a fun end note with flub lines and shit. I mean, if he directed a movie about the Holocaust or like a war atrocity type of drama, would he put outtakes on that? I hope not. <laughs> I would have liked it better this way. Straight credits, but bonus outtakes on the blue and DVD. Even so, I, I don't know, a Little Big Soul, you might have had a Shinjuku incident. I don't remember any outtakes. I mean, you don't need to do it each and every time, but uh, hey, it's, uh, it's it, you're doing what people like, I suppose, and uh, that that that's all fine. And uh, it's not something I'll uh, write a critical essay about or anything, it's just one of those, like, hey, uh, this is kind of odd. It's been a hostage thriller, man. <laughs> so. It, it, it was fun to see that he was genuinely bruised up by those uh, prop metal uh, things around his wrists. You know, it looks sort of like, whoa, suffering for your art. And uh, in, in his fourth or fifth decade as an actor, still suffering for your art, man. Shall we talk title?
1: Mm, let's.
0: Let, let's ask you, Phil. Do you like the title, Police Story 2013 or Police Story Lockdown?
1: No, call it something else. Don't call it Police Story. I don't think it's a police story film. It's about a policeman, yes. But it isn't that police story genre of films that you expect and people will go into it with a misconception that it's this big stunt heavy kind of film about this, you know, happy go lucky cop and stuff. And it's completely different. It's a separate it's a completely different film than that series of films as an evolution of a of a character. And if they'd brought something in to tie that up, maybe as a saga, great, but it's not a police story film. It should have been called something different, but they obviously called it police story because that's what's going to put the bombs on the seats, folks.
0: I agree, and I can I I know why they did so though. Um, it's it's business, and um, you know, so to say, creative decisions, whether you agree with it or not. And uh, I mean, in a way, police story, the title has always been generic in terms of a name, so you can tell new stories and with new characters if you like, but. It's still established, obviously. It's uh, it's established as something action tinted, you know. Even New Police Story was a drama, bad one, but still was a drama. But it had, you know, big action set pieces, um, so that fit. And uh, the other ones obviously do as well. I I don't feel duped because it was sort of like, yeah, yeah, it's. Not called the right thing, but hey, it's a hostage thriller. I didn't know that. So I I went with my sort of surprise uh, uh, rather than what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, but but I thoroughly understand it. If I would have had my way, you know, it should have been Crime Story twenty thirteen really. I like that because it's uh, Crime Story was more serious. Yes, it had action, but it the tone would have been sort of like we would know a little bit more what to expect, I suppose. But the cr- Crime Story was one movie. And uh, I, I don't think it's talked of as fondly as the entire canon of police story movies. Hence, we, we get it, why, why they did it. But it is is it it is awfully commercial, it is. Uh...
1: I like that thought of yours, Ken. I like that thought of calling it Crime Story 2013. And I'll tell you why, because they could have set up a whole new saga because you could have had individual police story kind of dramas that come under crime story. Mm-hmm. It could have set it up as I know he didn't do as well, obviously his police story is his big, but you know, all of a sudden he could have set that cannon. Jackie was going, look, we could do these every so few years. Maybe I'll come back and do another crime story. Could have set something off a little, you know, something quite good and unique. Then he could have come back to it, Calling it a police story. No, it doesn't work as a tightly knit film, as a, you know, a film that's got twists and turns in it—you know—you don't find out the reveal until later on in the film and stuff, and then it twists again. It's very clever, but it's—it isn't a police story film. Yeah, right. It's crime story would be better suited a film.
0: But the US title is good enough though because they exchange police story 2013 for police story lockdown, and I—I kind of—I kind of like that because it's. Uh... It doesn't reveal the movie beforehand. It's a decent enough title when you realize that. Oh, it is a lockdown, isn't it? Cool crime story lockdown. Let's uh, write that over the television screen in a permanent uh, permanent marker. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of my notes, buddy. Anything else you you want to say?
1: No, no. I think um, I think Ding Cheng. Um, oh, Jackie. I, I, one of them mentioned and stuff about getting his hair cut for the movie and stuff because that had been uh, hanging around him for a while and stuff. He's got his short. Shaven hairstyle, folks. Yeah, did you notice that? It's character yeah, acting. Different. Yeah, yeah, it's character. God damn, he's cut his hair. That was that was kind of a big deal, I think, as well. So uh, yeah, there's uh, that to look out for, which you'll, you'll notice.
0: I did very much, and uh, I was—I uh, knew already that something was up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's something strange going on in the neighborhood.
0: But uh, okay, as for availability, sort of the same deal as uh, with The Bodyguard is released on DVD and Blu-ray in Hong Kong, which would be uh, region A only for the blue. And I think the DVD is region number three, so you have to have, to have a region three setup. Uh, you also have further DVD and blue distribution in America by Wellgo again, uh, also coded region A. You can also rent that on iTunes. And for the UK market, uh, Kaleidoscope Entertainment did the DVD and Blu-ray for... For it, so um, there's uh, affordable choices out there for you, and a multiple amount of them. So, uh, it, just like the Bodyguard, since it was action tint that you you know knew it was going to get distribution somewhere. Uh, it wasn't this little arthouse house uh, art house drama that no one cared about. So um, it was to be expected, and uh, thankfully it did, and even got the UK. Released by Kaleidoscope, so um, support them, and hopefully maybe they they'll pick up the the flag, <laughs> you know, the flag for releasing mainland Hong Kong cinema in uh, in the UK. Who knows? Uh, I don't know if they even have another Asian movie in their catalog. I simply don't know. So uh, so uh, good on you for uh, for serving the UK audience that way. Yep. Okay, then that's us for this episode of uh, newer Jackie Chan movies and newer Samahong movies, and quite uh agreeable uh, agreeable. Um, movies in our opinions uh not perfect but uh very much uh agreeable i think surprising i was a kind of a yep yeah, bodyguard sort of lingers with me i enjoyed what it brought to the table so uh, i might uh, pick up a physical copy of it i did rent it uh, as a matter of fact for uh, for the sake of to save some time
1: yeah they're both movies you go in with certain preconceptions of and you both when you you come out the other side you're both movies that you you, well, I loved for different reasons than the marketing people plan them to be. But um, for what they are as standalone movies, they were they were great. There
0: we go, but uh, this has uh, been our discussion on The Bodyguard and uh, Police Story 2013. I, I keep like, N- no, not New Police Story, shut up, shut up. <laughs> it, it, it's like I want to love it, but uh, like, uh, <laughs> you have like an angel and a devil on your shoulder. I can. he was good though, he was good. Like, no, can he it wasn't, it's talked, <laughs> you know, my angel and devil, but... Police story 2013, like uh, not new police story 2013, not new police story lockdown. N- police story. I almost did it again. Fuck me. Ah, uh, let's let's just go and stop this shit. <laughs> it's like a reflex in me. I, I'm revealing so much about my psychology here. <laughs> like it was all a lie. His slam of uh, new police story he actually loves it in secret. <laughs> We have we have been doing podcast on fire. We are located uh, on podcastonfire.com as part of the podcast on fire network, and uh, make your choice over there. We have plenty of other uh, choice uh, shows that uh, cover a wide variety of different cinema, including uh, in bonus episode form every now and again for the website. Email us. Uh, what did you think of the movies? Uh, new Police Story. Well, let me know Let me know what you thought of New Police Story. See if I uh, can get some more opinion on that. But what did you think of Police Story, Lockdown, and The Bodyguard? We would love to um, hear from you. Podcast on fire at googlemail.com. Uh, follow the buttons to our social media at the top of our, our website. Uh, Facebook button, Twitter button. You can also find us on iTunes by clicking that um, Button and subscribe to our feed, leave a star rating and even a comment, and finally stream us on Stitcher Radio, either on their website or applications available for free from the Apple App Store and Google Play. And just search out Podcast on Fire Network and you'll find all our shows on there. I write about a variety of Hong Kong and Taiwanese movies on sogoodreviews.com, I video review at SlacyKvideo.com and I tweet at,
1: at SoGoodReviews.
0: Film my man, plug away.
1: Uh, yeah, you can find us at www.easternfilmfans.co.uk Also available on mobile, Facebook and Twitter, folks. So yeah, come and check us out.
0: Anyway, we have been discussing these two movies and uh, I've been Kenobi with me was Phil G. So let's uh, sign off, buddy, and say goodbye.
1: Goodbye, all.